This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not made for anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to John vs. Film, and today we're taking a look at Nope. Nope, I, I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to do this. Seriously, guys, I don't want to do it. I don't. But I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to bear through this. Because today we are taking a look at 1980s Uchu Kaiju Gamera. Or also known as Gamera Super Monster. I, I, I don't want to be here. I I really don't. This movie is it, it, it's not no, it's not good. If you thought the Ugra was bad, no, 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 no. Oh no. Uh but but before I begin talking about the movie, let me break it down as what, you know, how I separate the podcast what not. I first go off with, uh, I first read off a little synopsis that I wrote about the movie. Then I talk about five things I like about the movie. Then I go into five things I dislike about the movie. And then I talk about, you know, just kind of wrap it all up with an overall thoughts. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so the thing is, the likes, that, that that's going to be the shortest freaking list of likes because of my, my God. Yeah, so anyway... Gamera Super Monster was written by Nissan Takashi and directed by Noriaki Yuasa. These are the last time, this is the last time these two are going to be, you know, involved in the writing and direction of a Gamera movie. And, uh, oh man, I, I, I despise this movie, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, okay, okay. Um, and funny enough, there's not much info to go on before this movie. I, I want to give a little background to this movie. So the funny thing is, you know, so in the previous episodes, I mentioned the August Argoni intros and the info that they give. Uh, but for this one, uh, August Argoni for this movie was straight up just already bashing the movie, and he pretty much said there was not there's not much to tell about the behind the scenes other than. You know, uh, essentially, uh, after Die went back, you know, bankrupt in 1971 after the release of Zegra, um, there was like, I guess, you know, Die reform, you know, was able to get back, you know, some, you know, like a union of workers or whatnot to get back, you know, so pretty much, uh, I don't think. You know, I don't know the full details, but anyway, Dae somehow made, you know, somehow Dae had returned. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't, even after they came back, it was still not great. Yes, yeah, so the company was revived in 1974. Um, but, um,. They were still financially struggling in the 80s, and it seemed that 
D80s was having somewhat of a mini kaiju boom with um, Ultraman 80, you know, going on the air. And, the, you know, last year, the Ultraman, the Star Ultraman, whatever you like to call it, that was a huge hit in the, you know, the anime was a huge hit. You know, so again, it was kind of just a mini kaiju boom. And also you got a very, you know, mention Super Sentai going on. But well, anyway, they were financially struggling and, you know, Dai was looking for, you know, a way to, you know, bring back some of their profits or like kind of just to keep afloat. So they turned to Gamera, their franchise that's been on break for like, it would have been nine years at this point. Um, but instead of making a movie, an actual movie, they made something awful. Like I, here's the thing. I'm going to be straight up. When I criticize this film, I'm going to be criticizing mostly how Daiei Productions handled this movie. I am, I do not want to blame Noriaki Yuasa or writer Nissan Takahashi because I don't think they were the problems with this movie. Because, I, you know, as we've been, or as I've been talking about in the previous episodes, I've really enjoyed their work in a lot of previous camera movies. And even with Zegra. It was like I was still very sympathetic to them, even though I thought it was not a great movie. But I can understand that they were obviously under a lot of stress. Here, I feel like the producers took over everything, and I'm gonna tell you why. But first, you know, so anyway, to wrap off the background info, essentially, Dai turned to Gamera to make a big splash in theaters. Trying to, you know, help them financially. So, anyway, here is my synopsis. It's a giant low-effort clip show that is nothing but an absolute waste of time. Fuck this movie. Yeah, you could see when I wrote that, I was not in a very good mood. And that is the synopsis. Yeah, it's a clip show. It is a clip show. It's... it's okay. Okay, before I get too heated, and guess what? This is probably going to be my most entertaining podcast because of how heated I get. Just as a clarification, I don't really hate movies. Like, 99% of the time, even if it's a bad movie, I will always try to find you know, good of it. Or I can't fully hate it, even if I may dislike it. I can't hate it. This is like the one movie I legit hate i legit hate you know, but anyway I, I can't get into the negatives yet i gotta be nice first and i don't want to be nice to this movie but that that's the thing that i sort of like how i set up my podcast it challenges me to look at both sides to look at the positives and the negatives to for both things that i love and for things that i hate dislike or in this case utterly despise but with all that said uh yeah i <laughs> i'm already popping the microphone <laughs> but 
anyway, uh, I, I hope I'm not damaging the recording of this. Um, but I'll amplify it to not be, you know, so bad. But anyway, we're going to talk about the five things I like about this movie. Uh, the first thing is that I like the paintings in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, so in the end, after the credits, it shows uh, paintings uh, that's kind of depicting the evil space emperor or alien race or whatever that's conquering planets. And it's kind of just a slideshow of those paintings. It's not necessarily even the content of those paintings. I just like that they look nice. You know, the paintings look nice. So, yeah. That, that's just kind of a taste of my likes going on <laughs> with this movie. Uh, this is like the opposite of nitpicking. Because for nitpicking, it's usually like you're trying to nitpick uh, negative things about it. Oh, I'm nitpicking positive things about it because I don't really have much nice things. I don't have nice things to say about this movie. Um... The next thing I like is that I feel it's a uh, the movie does have a legit callback to the first one with Keiichi releasing the turtle into the wild and then believes Gamera is his turtle and is also a turtle or specifically Gamera obsessed. This feels like a callback to Toshio from the first ever Gamera movie. So I, I I'm taking that as a callback and not a rip. It should be a ripoff or just, but now I'm just gonna call it a com, you know comeback because I'm trying to be nice right now. Okay, okay. Third thing, the cinematography is decent most of the time. I say most of the time it's more so the new special effects, but I'll get to that later. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is. The cinematography is not sloppy. It's not. It's no means, you know, like fantastic cinematography, but it's it's it gets the job done essentially. It's the same cinematography we've, you know, pretty much seen throughout earlier Gamera movies, as the same cinematography team from those movies worked on this movie. So again, it's it's decent. It's not bad. Uh, fourth thing. The actors look like they're having a fun time. Yeah, um, you know, it's just... I'm just going to briefly mention that the actors... um, We got... Mak Fumiake as Kilara. I think she was the... I think she was a former pro wrestler. Um, If I had to... Because here's the thing, I may not be remembering the movie too well, but I'm pretty sure KR, you know, see, hmm. Yeah, so Kilara is the main superwoman. Of the movie. Sorry for that long pause. I'm trying. I'm just. I was just trying to read, but yeah. Anyway, 
uh, Mak Fumiake, she was like a former Japanese pro, you know, pro wrestler, and she, you know, starts playing in movies, and it, this was, I think, her starting role. I think she did a fine job acting wise, but I just I also think the material she was given with was absolute that no nope nope trying to be positive, trying to be positive. Uh we got the other you know, actors, mostly actresses are I'm just talking about the main cast. Uh we got Yeko Kojima as Marsha Yoko Komatsu as Mitan or Maiden or however. I am pretty sure it would be Mitan. Uh, then we got Kaiko Kudo as Giruj. Uh, Giruj is the evil alien woman. The other two, Marsha and Mitan, they're also good. The good guys. Yeah. Um, we got Ko- Koichi Maeda as Keiichi. Keiichi is the Toshio of this movie. And we got Toshie Takada as Keiichi's mother. And the only other one I want to talk about is... Okay. Osamu Kobayashi as the Xanon captain. Because I think Xanon is the evil race in this movie. The evil alien race that wants to take over the Earth. Uh, yeah, they, again, I just want to say they look like they're having a good time. Uh, I can't really comment on their acting abilities. Because, again, I think the material is not... Nope, nope. Positive. Positive. I gotta be positive about this movie. Or at least this last point. And this last thing that I like is the music is all right. It's the same composer as the previous couple of Gamera movies. And the same composer as the Kamen Rider series. And, uh, you know, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. You know, I mentioned him before in previous episodes. And like I said, the music is decent. It's, you know, it can actually be a little catchy. However, it did replace the Gamera March. That that that's that's a little jab. That's maybe a backhand compliment, but at the same time, it's still a compliment because the music probably is the only thing elevating this movie as being of decent to good quality. Now, now, <laughs> I get to rip this movie to shed. To shreds. I, I I'm gonna tell you that I'm heated. I, I I didn't watch the movie last night. I watched it the night before, so I'm taking a I took a break before recording this episode. And oh boy. We're gonna start off with Oh, what should I start off with? And you know what the sh- the shame of it is is that I limit myself to only five because I can think a lot more than five things I dislike dislike about this movie. But gotta keep some sort of focus, don't we? But 
Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's, uh, hmm. You know what? We're going to talk about the lazy special effects. Uh, to, because there is little of new special effects in this movie. But when there is, it's very bad. Uh, like, here's the thing. We get, like, what, maybe two minutes at tops of new camera footage uh, in this, what is it, hour and 32 minute movie. Yeah, whoopie doo. And most of the time, it's just a gamma flying pop that was newly made for this movie. And uh, the reason why it was newly, you know, it was newly made is because uh, after Dai went bankrupt the uh, in seventy one, pretty much all the gamma props from the that first batch of show era movies got destroyed in a fire or in a riot or whatever. You know, I don't know the circumstances, you know, to how it happened, but I do know because of what was going on with Dai's bankruptcy, the gamma props got destroyed, including all the suits. So Dai commissioned uh, another studio to make new gamma props. And like they make a new suit and a new flying model. We only get to see a little tiny bit of the suit. But but uh, that it's like only for one shot, essentially. The rest is the flying prop and it's not horrible, like the sh- the prop itself, but the fact that it's so inanimate, it and it does the same thing. It constantly just opens its mouth repeatedly, just uh, you know, up and down, up and down. You know, no timing to it. Like it, there's not a second where it's not kept closed. It's just constantly going. Up and down, even if it doesn't match the audio, it's just on a loop. Uh, it, it was so poorly handled. The blue screen, it it's bad. The blue the blue screen in this movie is, you know, very much horrible. It feels like we went back to early '60s or late '50s. I've seen better blue screen effects in previous camera movies. What the heck happened? And then there's this one part of the movie because they wanted to use newfangled technology at the time. They wanted to show this, you know, make this uh, van that the superhero ladies, you know, use, you know, to transform into like kind of a spaceship or whatever. Essentially, the van kind of flies, you know, up into the sky and turns, you know, ball light. But the thing is, even though it's new technology, it's horribly handled they should have just went back to how they did the previous special effects at least that would have had some charm to it no because this the what they have is just so horrible it looks horrendous tv movie quality no 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 powerpoint animations look better than that van animation i i i know i'm not i'm being very harsh with this movie I'm not normally this harsh with movies, even when I'm crit- you know, ones that I'm more critical of. But this was horrible, absolutely horrible. And I guess what infuriates me again 
is even though, yeah, I'm sympathetic to that they were having financial struggles, is that they were betting on this movie to help them get out of financial struggles. But the problem is they didn't put the effort into this movie to do so. You know, like, take take a look at, I, I know I don't usually like to compare it to other things, you know, like other movies to other series or whatever. But I, I, just as a comparison, look when Power Rangers was not doing so hot back in the 90s. And they were about to go, you know, get canceled after the next season. They had one more season. It was like because, yeah, Turbo wasn't doing so hot. And the next season was Power Rangers in Space. And Power Rangers in Space was going to be the last. Instead of using Power Rangers in Space as a cop-out, you know, they pretty much just went all out. You know, even though, yeah, they had some technical difficulties, the fact is they went all out and that saved the series. That saved Power Rangers from being canceled. And that happened again with Power Rangers RPM when Disney was botching, you know, how they've been handling Power Rangers when they had the license because they didn't care what they were doing, <laughs> you know, what the creative teams were doing. You know, so they were like, all right, you know, this this is it. This is your last one. Do whatever. And guess what? They went all out and created arguably one of the best seasons of Power Rangers of all time. And yes, I am a Power Rangers fan. <laughs> but you get my point. If this is going to be like your big ticket out of something, go all for it. But no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm going into another point. Um... But it's a, it's a point that I want to save for last. But essentially, the special effects, the new ones, super poorly done, poorly budgeted, poor, just minuscule budget, absolute dog shit. Now, now I'm earning my explicit reading that I put on my podcast. Uh, the next one is uh, the writing. Now. This might be a big one, but no, the next the points after are actually even bigger than this one because the writing I think is horrible. Uh, again, this is actually not a dig at. Like I'm going to not blame Nissan Takahashi for this because when watching the movie, it feels like, and I'm going to turn this. You know, it's going to talk about another point. A little bit, but it feels like executives had them, you know, a list of demands that kept getting padded on. That you know, Taka, <clears throat> yeah, Takahashi-san, literally, you know, just had to keep putting in and keep rewriting and all that, just because this is what the executives want in the movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it causes the rating for the overall movie to be not thought out well. Um, first of all, the superhero, you know, the super ladies, the good guys, there aren't allowed to be superheroes throughout the, you know, most of the movie because, but what was stupid about it is even though they give a reason, it's like, Hey, if we turn to our super forms, we get, you know, the enemy will find us and they'll try to kill us. But the thing is they constantly try to transform and they're like, they kind of forget that. Oh yeah, we're being hunted. Maybe we shouldn't transform. But then that begs the question, why even have the superhero lady function, you know, at all if they're you're not even gonna allow them to be superhero ladies? But okay. 
Okay. Uh, the second thing about the rating I didn't like is how Keiichi has no business being involved with the superhero alien plot. He get like the superhero ladies and the evil space woman. They involve Keiichi for no reason, especially uh, what's her face? Uh, Garouge has no business of taking gate. You know Keiichi to where Gamera is fighting. You know Zegra and Virus. She has no business. Why? Why would she care about taking this boy to go see Gamera? You know, fight Gamera. It, it, it makes no fucking sense. Why? He, the you know, and obviously that turned out to be a backfire because Gagey, you know, was like, "Hey, you're an evil space woman. What the heck? I'm no." Get away from me, you know? And it's just, what was the fucking point? The first interaction they had, okay, it makes sense. Kid knows about Gamera. Alien woman doesn't know about Gamera. So she goes talk to the kid about, hey, who that Gamera is. That's fine. But the second interaction, she literally takes Keiichi to this, you know, ocean, you know, to the beach where Zegra and Gamera are going to fight. But there's no fucking reason for it. Man, I am swearing up a storm, but goddamn, this movie had... You know, gets me heated. I legit hate this movie. Uh, but, and, and I'm not even done about criticizing the writing. Why is no one else reacting to the kaiju other than the main cast? Why? Like, at first, you know, they like, oh yeah, uh, Gauss has appeared. We're sending a news, you know, a helicopter to do research. And that gets killed. And then we have, you know, we have interactions with... The monster is attacking humans, but no, no, no. Apparently, you know, that's made up stuff. Or the fact that when Gamera defeated Gauss, which again, Gauss was a public entity, you know, everyone was known about, yo, Gauss is attacking people. It's being reported. Uh, but when Gamera defeated Gauss, that was apparently not reported, but Keiji was able to know it from his dreams. He was able to dream the whole fucking thing, you know. And that's another thing. How is it? How is KG able to see the fights in his dreams? If it, it, it makes no fucking sense, there's no explanation for it. You know, he's able to just see. Oh, yep, Gamera defeated Gauss. I know it, even though they didn't report on the news. I I dreamt it, and it's true. It is one hundred percent fact. And and. Just and then why, and even after Keiji, you know, gets like involved by the evil space, why is it that the superhero ladies continuously get K, you know, keep you know Keiji involved with the situation? It makes no fucking sense. You're putting the kid in danger. You're supposed to be fucking superheroes, but no, 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 no. You keep putting this kid in fucking danger. You know, they're just—they're fucking the logic in these characters are idiots, fucking morons. Ugh. And then I'm going to get to my third point: is that this movie blatantly, I mean, super blatantly and poorly rips off everything popular in 1980. Yeah, like, and not just in Japan. Like, legit. If it was popular in the 80s, it was in this movie. 
because you got the evil spaceship that it looks like a Star Destroyer from Star Wars. Straight up, it's a Star Destroyer, but they put fucking wings on, you know, on the side of it. Done. And then, you know, we got Superman because you know we got the superhero ladies. Their spaceship turns, you know, to, you know, it has a similar fucking style of Krypton with the crystal, you know, white crystals and all that, or in the white light and. They look, you know, superhero, you know, Superman-esque, even though they're not blue suits. They still have the red caves with silver suits. Ooh, different. Uh, Wonder Woman. They, when they transform, like, uh, from the superhero girls to their normal human civilian ones, the, they do a little twirl at the end, just like how Wonder Woman did. Jaws! Yeah, they fucking rip off Jaws with the, you know, Zegra. They play... Music similar to the Jaws scene. It's not the Jaws scene, but you can hear, you know, that it's supposed to mimic the Jaws scene. Uh, Henshin Hero, specifically Sentai and Kamen, you know, a big Kamen Rider with, again, the superhero ladies. You know, how they do a transformation pose. And how they are technically Henshin Heroes, even though, because they're technically transforming into their Earth disguises. You know, and... They also do a little hero pose, not just a troll. They do a whole fucking pose, and it's just—I'm probably didn't even mention all the fucking things the movie ripped off. I mean, my fucking god! See, and that's why I wasn't blaming Nissan Takashi because I bet, or you know, director Noriaki Yuasa, because it feels like this is a producer saying, "Hey." This thing's popular. Put it in the movie. This is also popular. Put it in the movie. And that was just going on through the entire set. Just, hey, we need that in the movie. Just put it in. Just put it in. It's popular. It you know, So it obviously means it's going to give us money if we put it in. You know, And that's I think that's what hurt the rating. Because it couldn't fucking tell the story. You know, an actual fucking story. Because it was too busy shoving so many goddamn culture references oh my god the in the fourth point this this may this should have been maybe the last point i talked about but no i'm going to talk about it here because i think i got a good last point to end on but this fourth point it's a big one it's a contentious one you know one that you know everybody points out about this movie is the stock footage if you thought the stock footage in Beerus was bad yeah you're wrong this is what people think Godzilla's Revenge is, but no. Godzilla's Revenge is... Don't don't even compare Godzilla's Revenge to this movie. Don't even insult Godzilla's Revenge. Godzilla's Revenge deserves a lot more, because this is this is blatant you know, abuse of stock footage. It is pretty much all the fights from the previous camera movies, they're in the movie. They are ripped from those movies a little re-edited for, I guess, you know, in a slight hindsight, yeah, maybe they're a bit faster paced. But the problem is, the stock footage is a third of the movie. The new stuff is a third of the movie. My God. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I My dog, I think, is whining about something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it is a third of the movie. 
It's and it's just all previous movies are used. It's not even just the kaiju stuff that's used. Like the Gauss attacking the helicopter or the city. That that's just clips from Gauss attacking that from Gamma versus Gauss. Why bother watch this movie if you ain't you know, after watching the previous movies and you're just getting the same shit? It's worse than it was in Gamma versus Beerus by a long shot. And and then uh and here's the thing. It's not even stock footage from the Gamma movies that's just used. You know, there's fucking anime clips in this movie from you know, the movies Farewell, Space Battleship, Yam- you know, Yamamoto, you know, I'm sorry, Yamamoto, and Galaxy Express 999. No reason. There, There's no reason for them to be in the movie. They're dream sequences that, but the difference is, they have that stupid flying gamma plot, you know, prop, you know, right in front of the screen, pretty much reacting to these clips. For no reason. There, there, there's no reason. Why are they in there? They serve no purpose at all. Other than, again, probably it's like, oh, these movies were popular. Put them in the movie. Put the clips in the movie. We, we don't care. They'll get us money. And that leads me to my last point. Is that this movie puts in the most bare bones effort. And it act, And the thing is, it does you know, so little effort. And so much blatant ripoff of other stuff. But it acts like hot shit for doing so. It believes it can throw in a bunch of action and popular references without any thought to the audience or putting any effort into actually making a good movie. It even has the gall to make a jab at the Godzilla series, which was on hiatus. Because what happens is the one time the one shot the Gamera suit was actually used, it's walking in front of the sign, you know, sign, and the, the sign knocks down and it. It's a parody of Godzilla. It says goodbye, uh, whatever the Godzilla parody name they give it was. It was Dojira or whatever. And they play a little, you know, kind of a wah, wah, wah music. It's just like, that's what irritates me, this movie. It's just, it's so blatantly cocky about, you know, how answers, you know, about what it is. In fact, the trailers, you know, for touting this movie as the most entertaining movie of all time or whatever. It's like no you're not. You're a lazy piece of shit executive work. Don't give me that crap. And, and it is. And it is for this point. That you know. What I've mentioned all is like. The embodiment of what I despise most. In you know modern Hollywood movies. Again just take a bunch of references. Put them in the movie. Don't you know and. Pretty much advertise, oh shit, you know, other properties or whatever, but forget about making a good movie. You know, we only care about the nostalgia or popular references at the time. Just put it in the movie, it'll, it'll make money. Whew. So, yeah. I, and I'm probably going to make a whole video about that last point. But yeah, I, I'm going to end all of my overall thoughts because I, I'm really just dumb talking about this movie. Yeah, so overall, Gamera dying at the end of this movie is nothing but a mercy kill for the Showa era. This is by far the worst Gamera movie ever made. And one could argue it to be the worst movie in the kaiju genre. While it technically may not be the worst movie of all time, as it does have some, albeit very small things going for it, the movie does represent when studios are at their worst. 
What especially irritates me about this movie is that Dai was banking on this movie to get them out of a fi- you know out of financial trouble. And maybe it could have if they actually put some goddamn effort into this movie. But instead, it was used as a cheap cash grab that disrespects both the Gamera series and to the audience watching this movie. So yeah, that's it for this episode. Thankfully, thankfully, the next movie is going to be so refreshing. Uh, because we're going to be talking about the first movie in the Hasty trilogy, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to that, especially after watching, whatever that was. But anyway, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to press the like and subscribe. Leave you know comment, and tell me what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. Leave a dislike if you don't like me. Uh, this podcast, at the time of this recording, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean.com, and Podcast Addict. And I want to thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a, a, an amazing day. And hopefully a better day than I did watching this movie. Take care. <laughs>